You're listening to the Woman of Value podcast. You are about to hear the story of a woman who is following her dreams and passions and creating positive change in the world. In the minute that you're willing to empower you, you become this change agent and you become this inspiring energy that infuses into everything and everyone. Lale Hancock is a conscious parent, a seasoned executive, and a lifelong entrepreneur. She's committed in both her professional and personal life to inspiring and empowering others to recognize greater potential in themselves and create profound wellness in their bodies and lives. I love that, Lale. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Yay. Okay. Well, great. Um, We just spoke a few minutes before we went on air and we have so much to talk about. So I love how aligned we are in our mission and our vision for the world. So this is going to be fun. So I always like to start with your aha moment, something, some wake up moment, something that happened that had you realize that you needed to make a change and claim your values. So tell us about that moment, what happened and who you became. You know, I would say there's been a lot of aha moments in my personal life and in my career. Um, The first one that really stands out is having twins that were less than two Mm. and realizing that my marriage wasn't working out and having to explore what can we do that actually allows the girls to grow up in a healthy, happy family, while also the parents get to be happy too. Um, And my ex-husband and I decided, and this was over, gosh, 20 years ago now, so it's been a long time, but it really was looking at my career, looking at my personal life and realizing there's so much we don't even know we have the ability or the potential for until that moment that we have to stand up and say, you know what, no matter what it takes, I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of my girls and I'm going to bring a different voice into the world. And um, I would say the same thing again when my father passed away in 2008, I was a very successful executive in technology. I knew I really desired to create a not-for-profit organization to benefit lots of different kinds of people. And when he passed away, it was this wake-up call that we can keep talking about what we'd like to create in the world, but now's the time to actually take action. And um, I decided to leave the technology world and go into not-for-profit and really look at different ways we can empower ourselves and others. And, you know, caregivers, um, individuals with and without um, special needs and disabilities. But it really became the minute that you're willing to empower you you become this change agent and you become this inspiring energy that infuses into everything and everyone. Wow. First of all, two-year-old twins and ending a marriage that took courage. And also, I love the way that you saw it, that you wanted it to be the best it could be not just for your girls, but also your relationship with your ex or soon-to-be ex um, at the time. Because a lot of people in that turmoil, they can only think of, how do I just rescue myself? You know, it's just, it's, that's hard enough as it is. And being a single parent to toddlers, twins, wow, <laughs> that's, I can't, I can't even imagine what that felt like. Um, my kids are much older when I left my marriage. Um, so that took courage. And then to have that wake up moment with the loss of your father and to know that you got to put your money where your mouth is, you know, just to, to show up. Um, and our motto here at the Woman of Value is to show up, stand up, speak up. And you have done them all. Thank you. You know, I can't say it's always easy, but I think a lot of times most of us think we have to make it be really difficult 
to be able to take on new choices in our lives, you know? And like you said, the willingness to stand up. Sometimes I think people think, okay, for me to have my voice and stand up for me means I have to put somebody else down or I have to do something that's so outrageously different that makes me stand out. But sometimes you standing there in total presence is actually louder than voices, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and for me and my ex-husband, I'm not saying it was easy moments, but it was about honoring him. It was about honoring me and the kids. And even though people thought we were crazy, like he was one of my best friends and remained actually one of my best friends once we, you know, separated. Cause there is, you have to figure out the logistics, right? And I think a lot of times people want the selfishness of like, what am I going to get out of this? Personally, I didn't care about any of that. And I think we were so young, neither one of us maybe (laughs) had been like going through the motion of like, I have to take, it really became what are really things that are important? And then what kind of world can we create where our kids don't have to feel like they're being torn between parents and that, you know, like my kids grew up not even knowing mommies and daddies lived together. (laughs) (laughs) They just knew mom and dad are best friends and they hang out and they have a good time, you know? Mm. So I think it's your perspective. And sometimes we don't know there's other options available until we see someone who shows us, you know, that something else is actually available for us to choose and that we don't have to make it be difficult or horrible or like you said, traumatic. Um, and really something that can work for both parties. That's the ideal. And uh, something you said a few minutes ago about not even having to be a loud presence, there was something that you alluded to there. And I love that because I think what's happened, and, and this is especially true for women, women who were oppressed for generations, for for thousands of years and when they became liberated they often became loud and abrasive Mm -hmm. and I've spoken about this on other other shows um, other episodes because I I feel like what we're coming into now is balance and finding the quiet leader the one who doesn't have to be brash um, who can bring her feminine who can find her particular unique form of leadership and presence in the world without losing who she is. And I think that's exactly it. Cause Sandy, what happens is that we lose ourselves, you know, and okay, what do I need to be today? Do I need to be the leader that's abrasive? Do I need to be the mom who's a soft mom? Like we start to categorize ourselves in what we can be. Um, but you need to be you, you have to find what is that really for you, you know? And like my, my schedule with my ex-husband was the wackiest schedule in the world. None of our friends, no one we ever talked to ever said, Oh, that's cool. They thought it was the weirdest thing, but we found a solution that worked for him and worked for me. And therefore it also worked for our kids. And in leadership, um, you know, I've been an executive, I've been a a manager, supervisor, you name it. I've played a lot of different roles and it's so easy for us to feel we have to do it like others, but you can never be someone else. And we talk a lot about authentic leadership, but it's all about you being you. And when you're actually truly being you, you have a voice you do have presence, you do have um, the ability to know for this person, I need to communicate this way. For this person or this group of people, I need to communicate this way. But the whole time, you don't give up you. And I actually travel around the world talking about being you because it's one of the things that most of us don't even know what it is, Mm -hmm. right? You learn from your mom how she was. You learn from your dad how he was. And then you try to create something that's an in-between that, you know, takes care of both. And then you go to school and then you have your relationships. And it's so easy for us to cut ourselves up into these pieces and these roles and responsibilities. 
when in reality, it's not about you giving up or cutting yourself up, but also be willing to stand up for who you are. Yeah, so, so many people don't know what that is. And, you know, because people say all the time, just be yourself. And they go, well, what is that? I don't know. And, you know, so for me, it's been like, a journey back to who I used to be, especially as a little girl. Mm -hmm. And when I, I was writing a speech called Labeled, and it was all about the labels that other people put on me and that I adapted as truth. Yeah. And so the, the adulthood, and now it's about taking those labels off. And so when I thought back at like my earliest memory of being a little girl was freedom was exploration, adventure, creativity. Um, so for you, like, how do you help people find the you that's buried under those labels? Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I used to have those as well. Like I noticed, you know, if, if I was the mom, there was characteristics, like almost like a play, right? <laughs> you play in this play, you're the mom, you play that role and you have to do these, 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 these things. I, really, when it comes to sharing with others, I always ask them, you know, what are those moments that you actually have lightness in your body? The moments where you actually have some joy in your life. Those moments where everything just kind of happens easily. That's actually when you're being you. Mm -hmm. When we're trying to do it like somebody else, it's, it's never going to look like that because that's them doing it. And we try to replicate forever. Um, I have a management consulting company and we do a lot around culture transformation. And one of the big things was always, what are the best practices, Lale? Bring us the best practices to what all the other organizations are doing. And I stopped that a few years back because it's not, and, and I find that I never made it that way anyway. It was more for information. And we would find the systems and the tools and whatever would work in their culture. What's going to work and empower you and your staff to be able to do whatever you do even better and to bring them and their ideas into whatever is being created. And it's the same thing in our personal lives. I think this is one of those things that's like practice, you know, and what it is today may not be tomorrow. So it's not like a destination that you go and reach. But every day finding what works for you, what works for your business, what works for your finances. Because that's the other piece I find is most people are not willing to explore their finances to what's going to work for them. They think there's this magic formula model that they need to go by. And women especially go unaware anytime finances are involved and they assume their husbands take care of it, the financial advisor takes care of it, or someday they will go and figure that out. <laughs> yeah, divorce was a wake-up call for me in that area. And uh, one of the first things I did was get a financial planner. Yeah. Because the way we managed finances at home was my husband took care of finances and everything was put into a money market or a CD, which at one point was a good investment. And then it yeah. became the worst investment. And I knew I was starting out with nothing. I mean, I had to rebuild my life from the bottom up and I had just gone to coaching school. And so I had little ways to make money, but my divorce settlement was going to have to make me money, you know, and, and be my retirement and everything. So I had to protect it and grow it. And I learned so much from being empowered and, and through money, through everything. I think we, we give up our power. We give up our value. Yeah. Uh, but I love what you said about the finding the uniqueness. It's, it's, you know, so many people want to be told what to do. And uh, one of the things I love about coaching is that I am training people to think for themselves. I am not telling them. They, they say, just tell me. And I go, no, that will not help you in the long run. Yeah. You need to know what to do the next time this comes up and how to manage your own expectations, your feelings, your needs, how to speak up. These are tools that will serve you the rest of your life. So you do not depend on having somebody to always talk to and ask questions of. 
and, and we're not given those tools early on in our lives. You know, I'm a facilitator for what's called Wealth Creators Anonymous. And it's a subset of access consciousness. And one of the things with um, wealth creators is most of us have misidentified what it even means to have knowledge of our finances. Like, you know, most people think, okay, I have a bill that comes in. I pay it on a regular basis. It gets there on time. Therefore, the, that is my finances. But the whole thing about wealth is that it's not just about thinking about the today it's actually allowing everything in your life to be able to contribute to having more richness in your life. Now, richness includes having more cash, like you said, maybe setting up a plan so when you retire, you know, you've got some assets put in place. But it's, it's beyond that. It's allowing everything. You know that moment I was telling you, like that joy, that thing that just brings you joy, that adds richness to your heart. It gives you a whole different level of energy throughout your body. It motivates you to get up, you know, and that is also richness in our lives. And I don't know what it is. I can't really explain it, but somewhere from this culture and reality that we live in, the minute that we become a wife, the minute we become a mother, uh, the minute we become an employee, it's almost like the rules are give up who you are, give up your ideas, and do it this specific way. But that, once again, is not you being you. Okay? And so, you know, one thing I'd like just for everyone in the world to know is each of us has the ability to look at where we are today be grateful for a second before this, yesterday, all those years with your husband and whatever, right? Be grateful for all of that. And then actually empower yourself and educate yourself. You know, okay, what would I actually like my life to be like in five years, 10 years, 50 years, whatever that is. Don't just look at the today, but be willing to actually create a life that can work for you for now, but also puts in those seeds to get you to a different place in a few years as well. And I, I just, I get how many people, not just men and women, but like we need to start with children. <laughs> like this is something we need to learn from school to empower ourselves and to become more educated in many parts of our lives. Like you said, your financial advisor became your educator. But how amazing would it have been if you actually learned that from your parents or you learned that in school? What else would that have created in your life? And then the same thing, like what if your house can make you money before you sell it? What if your jewelry can make you money? Like it's also looking at every aspect of your life, looking for now and the future. Yeah, I totally aligned with that. My, my, my son calls me six steps ahead, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that title. <laughs> so like, we'll be talking about something and I'm thinking like, oh, and then what? And then what? And then what? <laughs> you know, um, because that's how my brain works. And most people's brains just stop. You know, this is it. It's final. We're done. And I think we have to learn to be more expansive in our thinking and, and create that life because nobody's going to do it for us. Um, and what you said about teaching our children, I, I would love to teach our kids how to manage money, how to handle conversations, relationships. I mean, we're going we're gonna to really be in trouble soon with the texting generation who can't hold a conversation who never read, you know? And so I have empowered my children as I became empowered, but they were older already. They were teenagers. And when it came to money and I told my son, get the money away from your father and learn how to manage it yourself. You know, I will connect you with my financial planner because I don't want you to have to come to him every time you need money. Yeah. And I also made my kids responsible at home for chores, for for contributing in all ways, you know, and I, and we're a team, you know, and I, and so things changed after the divorce because during the marriage, I couldn't have my way. Yeah. 
So that these are ways that we teach people to be responsible. And I think responsibility is so crucial. And you yeah. want to say something. <laughs> and, yeah. And so, you know, um, one of the ways that I actually, um, I, I travel around the world and I have the, the great pleasure of working with companies and their staff or their board of directors, but I also have a business that's about wellness and wellness in all parts of your life. And so I get to go to different countries and into the communities and work with um, adults as well as children. Children are allowed free to come into my classes until the age of 16, and then they pay half after that. But what I've created is allowing them to ask questions. You know, most of us didn't have people we could have said, hey, how about this? You know, hey, like you said before, most people are not thinking of the future because they don't even know the possibility they can think about the future because all they learned is think about the today. And, you know, I have some really easy tips that I want to share. Like even people who are married, whose husbands take care of their finances, or whether you're two years old, 10 years old, or 50 years old, there's also what's called the honoring you account. Okay. We used to know it as, okay, um, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to give the church 10% of my money. Or for me, you know, every dollar I used to make the first 10% would go to not-for-profits and assisting them. And it was great. And it made my heart sing. I felt so great being able to do that. Even if it was a dollar, it didn't matter the amount. I was just being able to help others. And then I realized it's not just about helping others. It's really about empowering others. It's not just giving them the food. It's about teaching them how to fish, right? So when you have a business, your business gets this as well, but you personally, for every dollar that comes into your life, let's say you don't even have a job. Your, your job is actually at home, which is a much bigger job. Any money that comes your way, put 10% away. This is not money to be spent. You can put it in a savings. You can put it under your mattress. You can put it wherever you would like. But there's an energy that gets generated and created as you and your value and your ease with money when you start to actually accumulate money. And that amount of money to what makes you feel so good, you no longer are in the lack world, but you're in the abundant world varies, you know, ask, you know, what amount of money would I need to have so that I am in the energy of abundance and then I'm not in the energy of scarcity or lack. And that number will be different for each of us. Mm -hmm. But that's the target of what you're trying to get this 10% to at least because after that, there's a different ease. And I've seen women who are like, I don't make any money. I have no money coming in. My husband handles everything. And then they start to do different things and they realize, oh wait, money came in here. I never, never paid attention to. Mm -hmm. But now they become aware of the money that's coming in and they start to keep it. And we always say, this is not about spending the money. Okay. No matter what's going on, this is not about spending because it's about creating an energy of having. And the only time we usually say is if you wanted to convert some of that cash, you can convert it to like a gold coin or something that has intrinsic value that you know, if you were to ever in the future need to sell it, it still is going to retain its value. Don't use it to buy a house or a horse or anything else <laughs> that takes it and this spends money, you know? Mm-hmm. So the 10% is something like I taught my kids too. And I'm wondering if that might be something with your son. Mm. It's a different, they start to perceive it different. Like I remember telling my kids when they used to get, my kids used to get a lot of money because, you know, my ex and then my family and, you know, there's birthdays, like there's all these occasions, these kids, we get a ton of money and like, what do you do with it? And very early on, I used to work with my wealth management guy and we started to invest it, but I realized that wasn't always gaining the best interest. Um, sometimes it was. Some of the mutual funds that we did did well for a while. Um, but sometimes it actually isn't that. Sometimes the investment in gold was better. <laughs> so it is about staying also aware of what are, what like continuously asking, okay, where else? 
what are the different ways that my money can make me more money? That's actually one of my favorite questions mm. because most of us rely on our jobs as our sole source of money coming in, but we can add different revenue streams into our lives, but it starts with the question, mm, you know, I like that. what are the different um, possibilities with revenue attached? I haven't even considered yet. So there's a difference in consciousness around money, around yeah. your life in general. And when you start to pay attention, cause I think people, people don't even look. Yeah. And I find that, you know, they're, they're doing most things in the dark, you know, just kind of blindly going through life and then wondering why life is happening to them. Exactly. And we have so much power when we start to become conscious. Well, and I also wonder what we can learn from the kids. You know, the kids have a very different um, comfort level when it comes to money than we did as kids. And I'm wondering also like asking your question, like your kids, like, what do you know about money? Cause you'd be surprised. Um, I do a lot of uh, programs with parents and kids and sometimes the kids actually don't even realize they know information until you ask them that question. What do you actually know about this? Um, whether it's about finances or anything else. And then it's, it's the kids educating the parents, the parents educating the kids. And it also takes away the responsibility that the parents need to know everything mm -hmm. and that it's their job to do everything for their kids. Then we're truly empowering both the kids and the adults to empower each other, you know, to mm -hmm. inspire each other as well. Um, cause it is, this generation is very different. And since my daughters both, I have twin girls and both of them, since they started, you know, working and making money and allocating, they were very surprised. Uh, my daughters, uh, one of them has been working since, um, I think July of last year when she graduated from college and she was looking at it around the tax time, right? She was looking at her W-2 and she was looking at how much taxes she paid, how much her income was. And she's like, mom, if you wouldn't have told me to actually put my money away, I wouldn't have known how much I'm actually bringing in and how much I'm generating for my future. Because now it's no longer just money in, money out. And she's not even that kind of kid to go spend it. But it, it, she started to see how she's empowering her future. Not just mom and dad are putting money in her bank account. Yeah, it feels a lot better when you do it. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when my son told me, because I, I wasn't paying for his 50 guitars. Um, <laughs> it was just like, why does somebody need another guitar? But this one has a different sound and, you know, but fine. But then you need to be responsible for that. And, you know, when you're taking it out of your own pocket, you're going to think twice before you buy that 50th guitar. And, um, and he said to me many times, I really appreciate that you made me responsible and, um, but, you know, you said something that really also just struck me that having the conversation with our kids, I think our kids are very wise. Um, one thing that came up for me when you were talking was that my daughters shopped in the most um, fancy shops. You know, they would go to the designer clothing to the, the nice underwear at Victoria's Secret when I was going to like Walmart and buying the cheap garbage. And I realized that I had put myself in the sales rack and my kids were, they were high value. Mm -hmm. And so I learned from them, you know, treat your body well, treat yourself well. It doesn't mean you should be buying things that you cannot afford, but it means that you need to not always be looking in the clearance rack. And, you know, metaphorically, uh, it was an important lesson. And the other thing I, I was thinking about was that my parenting really shifted when I stopped trying to power over my kids. And that was the way I was parented. And it was the way most people were parented. And I realized that I had to s stop and talk to my kids as people and honor and value them if I wanted to get respect from them. And it was a game changer. And I think it's true for every relationship we have. We have to really understand that other people 
we don't know how they're thinking. We don't know what they're feeling unless we check in with them. And we are not superior. We are, you know, we're all people. And the moment we take ourselves down to, you know, off a pedestal and, you know, not stop thinking that we're separate from everybody is the moment that we start connecting and, and reaching more people. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Definitely. Uh, we call that allowance the, to allow you to be you and allow your kids to be them. And like you said, it applies to any relationship, whether it's colleagues or employees or clients. And it does, the defense goes away. You know, that energy of I'm the boss and I'm pushing my energy at you. The first thing they have to do is put up their energetic walls and push right back. Mm-hmm. But when you're allowing them, you're actually saying, you know what? you get to choose. You get to choose what's going to work for you. I'm going to choose what's going to work for me. And we're both going to honor each other's differences. And a lot of times when there is no friction to fight back, kids have no reason to actually do it against you. But when you're going at it as you're the boss, they have every reason to just do it. And it's not cognitive. It's very much energetic. And then it becomes very cognitive, <laughs> rebellion. You said, no, I'm going to do it, um, which is actually how most of our smart kids are. The minute you say no to them, then they're going to prove to you that they can do it. So sometimes that might be good manipulation. You know, if you want to do something, do the opposite, tell them they can't do the opposite. But it, oh, yeah. it really is that gift that you talked about because there is this gratitude. There's this honoring of each other. And you have to trust in them to choose what's going to work for them. And you can tell them, but until they actually experience it for themselves, they're not going to get the awareness. Yeah. You know, like you were talking earlier with your clients, you can't give them the answer because then you're the band-aid. You know, they're never able to get the awareness for themselves. Yeah. And you have to have the experiences and you have to fall down and you have to get back up and nobody can pick you up. Uh, They have a term... I remember seeing somebody speak about college admissions and they had a term for these kids who were coddled. They called them teacups. Oh. So the people in admissions would see like the the mother was still writing their essay for them. And, you know, these, these kids had no idea how to be out in the world. So it's a tremendous disservice. But let's get back to to you and the work you're doing today. Because I, know I love this teacup. I'm like, I'm going to have to use that line. <laughs> right? Isn't that great? These little fragile teacups. But we have a lot of fragile teacups out there. We want to build. We want to build strength and fortitude and teach people how to fish. So let's talk about what you're excited right now about. Like, what are you creating in the world today? Well, there's a bunch of different things I'm creating. So one of the, my newest creations is actually called Grow Your Business Seminars. And it includes a lot of different things, but it really is working with different people, whether it's, you know, they're in the startup world, they're small businesses, mediums and large, and creating different services for it that allows them to empower themselves empower the staff that's there, but also get the voice of the business out in the world. And with it is like what we were talking about earlier, that financial awareness is super critical. I think many people in their personal lives or in their business life really have no clue of their true financial sense. Like they just have this idea, this approximateness of what what their bills even look like Some of them are really good to say, okay, this is exactly my expenses, but they're not creating for anything greater. So one of the things we talk about in Wealth Creators Anonymous, which is kind of how we kind of came together, um, is when you have financial awareness, it's not just about what the now looks like. It is about like literally take time to look at every expense that you have, whether it's your personal life, even if you're married and everything's great, It gives you more information. And then also write down all the income. Where's all the income coming from? And then start to look at what else would you like to add to your life? You know, what would you like your life to be like in five years, 10 years? You know, most of us are parents. Our focus is our kids and their college. 
And beyond that, we're not thinking about anything else. As long as we're saving enough money for their college, we're happy. Well, what if you could have enough money for their college and you can empower them to start creating for their college and you can have a greater life? Like what if it's not or, it's this and, 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 and. And so the first place is starting there and looking at those numbers and then start looking at what you like to add to your life. Is it a vacation? Is it, staff, is it a development for you? Training that you'd like to take? Is it, a, um, you know, like you'd like to have certain jewelry? Like whatever those things are, start adding them into your life and into your finances and then start asking questions. Okay, how much more income would I have to bring in today to be able to create this life in 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, or whatever that is. And you will realize by your willingness to just ask those questions, you'll have money coming in from places you didn't even know was possible. But you put an ask in the world and the universe is here to give you, you shall receive. <laughs> there is this drawing your future into the now. So you can start funding it now. And I've done that, and I'll tell you, I've done that with this beautiful ring. I've done it with other things in my life. It's just one of my favorite tools because, like, like I said earlier, the more you become aware of your finances, the more you allow everything to be a contribution to that. Not just your husband, your children, your friends, your clients, but then you literally start to receive from elsewhere. And, you know, that... That has been just such a aha for people because most of them have been living by, I have enough to survive right now. And then they start looking bigger and they realize they're like, I don't know what happened. Money started to come in from places I didn't even know I could make money. Yeah, I have a feeling and I, I hear you and I know that there are skeptics who are listening who are yeah. saying, how can you talk this way? That's obviously the mind of a wealthy person. Oh, okay. Um, because I, one of the things that I noticed in my career as a dating coach is that a lot of the women have talk about no money. You know, mm -hmm. I got divorced. I, he doesn't contribute financially. So tell us like yeah. if, for the skeptics out there. Well, I'm going to tell you that um, when I got married, my husband and I, we were both very young and early in our careers, and we, we created very well together, and then the twins came, and the dog, and the house, and so by the time we got divorced, we literally had nothing but debt that we split between us. Um, hmm. We had the house, but it wasn't debt like we went and bought a brand new car. It was like diapers and formula, having two colicky twins and all sorts of expenses that we hadn't even predicted would happen. And so I, here I am with two kids, um, going from barely making it together every month to now we just have expenses. And I will tell you, I was willing to do whatever was required, and I made it happen. I paid off all the debt in less than 12 months. I started to not just expand our lives, but we ended up being able to afford to live in bigger places, nicer places. Um, my job, I took a 100% commission job, which most people who just get divorced do not do. Right. And I was willing to have two days where my babysitter stayed till 1030 at night because I was going to work till 10 o'clock at night. So it is your willingness. If you believe there's something you cannot do, you will magically create that you cannot do it. Your mindset is huge. Oh, yeah. But if you go into it with, I, I may not know exactly how this is going to happen, but I'm going to honor me and my $37 a month coaching program that I'm going to do whatever it takes. And every month I'm going to do that. You will be surprised where the money starts to come from. The minute you stand up for yourself. And once again, when I say this, it's not about excluding your husband or your life or your children. Most of us go to that. No, no. When you include you, that's the first time you haven't excluded you because you put everyone else in priority, you know? But the minute you include you, there is this nurturing from every part of this earth that comes and becomes there to support you in making it happen. So I, there is no magic pill, 
but there's something about the willingness to commit to your life. No matter what it takes, I'm going to be this. No matter what it takes, I'm going to have this. And then, okay, what are things that you do so well and are so easy that you take it for granted? For me, I love networking. I love introducing people to each other. I love helping people like expand their businesses and things of that sort. Um, so I started to write down what are these different things that I really enjoy and it's so easy for me. And then I was like, okay, who's looking for this kind of person? And you would be surprised. You think what's easy for you, everyone else can do. <laughs> well, that's a lie. No, no, you just have this natural ability and that's why it's so easy for you. Other people would pay you money to do it for them. So while the kids are at school, what else can you add to your life you haven't yet added? You know, you mm -hmm. love to organize. What if you go to someone else's house and help them organize their office or even their kid's room or their closet? Like that whole thing is just in demand. But I'm just using that as an example because then you start to actually empower you to come out of your house. And to start using your abilities elsewhere. There's so much on the internet. There's so much you could do without even leaving your house. What are other things? You don't like to be on the computer? No problem. Do you enjoy making phone calls? People pay others to make phone calls for them. Yeah, it's just thinking outside the box. People have these little boxes. And it is such an important thing to highlight that we have put everybody else first and prioritizing you is a game changer. It is what makes all the difference. It's one of the hardest things for women to do in particular. Yeah. I find men also have a hard time with this. You know, there's, there's a lot of men come to me and say, you know, I'm a giver. I like to take care of people and I see them diminishing themselves in the process sometimes. So yeah. we all need to take a note out of this book. Do you remember the 10% I was talking about? Yes. I, I really recommend it for all ages and whether it's a woman or a man. And for me, I will tell you, my husband, he's amazing. Um, and you know, he loves to cycle. He, he, he would never, well, before we met, he would have invested in himself. It was all about him because he had no wife, no kids, no nothing, right? <laughs> and then um, we've been together 14 years. And so he was with me when my kids were eight and now they're you know, 22. And it's been really interesting to look at the moments he wasn't willing to invest in him. And I bought a pair of pearl, uh, pearl necklace that just I fell in love with. And I never even used to think I liked pearls, but these are gorgeous, big ocean pearls. And um, the day I invested in me in that, and I had to, I actually ended up spending some of my 10% in making it happen. Um, you know, it wasn't like boom like that because I would have spent that kind of money on my kids' college or their high school, but I would have never paid it for pearls for Lale. You know, it just wasn't gonna happen. And he thought I was crazy when I bought those pearls, because to him, jewelry made no sense. Mm -hmm. um, but when I converted it to the bike, he totally understood. He goes, that's a cheap bike. That wouldn't even be able to get me the bike that I need. So um, he got a bonus one year and he was like, let's put this money away for the kids college, blah, 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 blah. And I looked at him. I said, no, you're going to actually take this money and you're going to buy the bike that you've been drooling over the last three years. And he, it took him six months to order it. You know, it didn't happen overnight. But let me tell you, the minute he did that for himself, his life changed, his business changed. I mean, it was amazing. Like you and I just said earlier, the minute you commit to you and you're willing to add something for you. Now, him buying the bike didn't mean that we didn't get to eat food, the kids didn't go to college. It wasn't about like a selfish decision, but it was truly the minute you honor you, there's this domino effect of what greatness gets created in the world. And most of us don't know that. We've been called selfish. Don't do that for yourself. You have to think about everyone else. But selfish means you actually include the self. What would happen if 
your listeners would take one minute to include themselves in their lives? Sounds pretty radical, but it's actually one of the easiest things to do if you just shift how you see yourself and how you see your self-care. And I have to tell you that when I started taking care of myself and setting boundaries with my children and saying, I'm not available to run errands for you, to be your maid, to be, you know, all these things for you, they started, I mean, they resisted at first because I was changing the script on them. Oh, yeah. But then they started to really value and honor me. And Mm -hmm. I think that is the shift. You know, when you honor and value yourself, you inspire other people to honor and value you, but also you're modeling for other people how to do it for themselves. So this conversation, I hope, will inspire a lot of people to start to value themselves and to really take care of themselves with their wealth, with any parts of self-care, because it is really, that's where it starts. This generation, your kids and mine, they're already doing it in some ways. But imagine the world if every woman, every man, every child included themselves and they're willing to be themselves and not give that up. Like imagine the world we would get a chance to live in if that was actually something people knew was a possibility for them to choose. I just got a flash of energy and light emanating from the world. <laughs> it was just like, wow, everything would glow. <laughs> it would be so interesting to talk to people because they'd be tapped into who they are and not suppressing. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, let's go to the lightning round. And I'm going to ask you some quick questions. Okay, sounds good. uh, Yeah. So what was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming a woman of value? I think I was still trying to do things like my mom did. So you hadn't yet stepped into lale land. (laughs) Yeah, I had lale from the mirror of someone else's life. Mm Mm-hmm. What is something that you failed at that taught you an important life lesson? You know, it's funny. I don't think I've ever failed. I think there were just different journeys that led me to different journeys. And if others were to comment on that, one thing would be that I didn't go to medical school like I was supposed to, and I got divorced instead of remaining married. But I would say both of them have become one of the greatest gifts of my life. I think all all of these things are gifts. If we can if we can see them that way. Yeah. They're all part of the journey. Mm -hmm. What is the best advice you can give to a woman who has given up her value in the past and wants to become a woman of value? The good news is yesterday is like a spilled milk that you do not have to put back in the carton. Every moment is a new moment that you get to choose something different. And it just starts with you saying, you know what? I don't have to make yesterday wrong. I'm going to be grateful for everything. But right now, I'm actually going to honor me. And I'm going to choose for me. And I'm going to create a future that includes me. And, you know, when you start to actually um, put the 10%, you will start to actually even feel different. You will, you'll have your financial um, uh, reality that will shift you'll realize beyond money that you are the creator, not money is the creator of your life. And when you are willing to be the creator, then money comes to, joy comes to, fun comes to, and all these other possibilities from the world that you've been pretty much closing your eyes to now becomes more apparent and more Mm -hmm. in your awareness. Yeah, I love that. I often think of life as we start to become conscious that we are taking off layers and layers like veils that we have had over our face, over our life, mm-hmm. and we get to see more and more clearly and yeah. bring in all that abundance. And when you say that, that is your voice in the world. You know, first your voice is all these masks, all these layers and you're doing it like everyone else and how you learned it. But when you're being you, you then have your voice and all these other make-believe masks get to fly away and you get to be the real you. And that's what inspires people. Um, do you have any books that, you, that have helped you on your journey? Yes. 
So one is called Being You, Changing the World by Dr. Dane Hare. Oh, and I had him it, on my other show. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh I did. God, that's so cool. <laughs> um, he's been such an inspiration for me. And it, it, it's not a book like any other book that I've ever read. Um, and now I'm actually a Being You facilitator as well. And it's just been um, the gift of you. And, and what I love is like most people say, I want to change the world. And they think they're taking on this huge job to change the world. What he's actually inviting us to is not that. He's saying, when you're being you and you're not trying to be anyone else, you will find osmosisly people around you change. Now, whether it's your family, friends, whatever, it, and it really is, I've watched this. And then when you and your world start to change, what you're actually doing is creating that into the world. So you, being you actually has this, oneness effect and it's been such a joy it's so funny i woke up this morning listening to chapter number one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um there's another book called benevolent capitalism and it's by chatissa and stephen bowman and gary douglas and dr dane here actually um and it really is about when we are willing to be conscious leaders of our own lives and have those financial awareness, but just the willingness to be us, what we generate and create in business is different. And it's not just capitalism from the perspective of I am the only one that wins or only the board of directors get to benefit. It really is creating an environment and a culture that allows something to benefit the employees, the company, the earth, and the client. So you're looking at the oneness of everyone benefiting, not just one person or one organization. And what I love about it, it's not about educating the company. It's really, it starts with each person, their desire to become a benevolent leader, and then allowing that to permeate into anything and everything that they're part of. So whether it's their business or you know, their personal lives or anything else, it starts from within. It's not outside of you. I wish everybody would do leadership work mm -hmm. because it's really about character. It's about responsibility. It's about giving, receiving. It's, it's just so much bigger than being the CEO of a company. I'll tell you, I did a um, leadership development program for a not-for-profit for six months. And it was so interesting, the conversations that we were able to have, they've never had before. The organization has been around 135 years. And that was my third year working with them when we started to actually get there. And it was so funny, the directors had never been involved in the strategic planning of the organization. 135 years. And it was the last two meetings of our leadership development program that we changed the agenda and they allowed it to actually be that all the leaders got to come in and be part of the strategic planning because it is you need them and their staff and they need to be bought in and they need to be the ambassadors to be able to take whatever strategic idea you have to actualize it and i was blown away i mean truly like you think most organizations have been there a long time therefore you know they do things different but no <laughs> they did a lot of things different and they served many different kinds of people and it was beautiful but there was such um a disconnect inside their organization to their mission of what they were doing outside the organization which happens a lot in most companies so you know that's what i love once again asking questions and allowing everyone to contribute not just one department or one group of people i love what you're doing in the world it's so <laughs> wonderful <laughs> thank you um so we have a few more questions and then we're going to wrap okay what is your favorite woman of value quote empower you and the world will get empowered did you make that up or is it yep. yeah that's one of my own I love it. So that is by Lale Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> and our last question is the legacy question. How would you like to be remembered? For me, 
just that I was someone that could show there was something else available that they never even knew was available. So just to be that inspiration, to be myself and let others know it's okay to have a voice. It's okay to be someone who actually is traveling around the world, empowering others. Um, many times I think women, they think they have a job as a mom, a wife, or in the business, and that's it. And I've been breaking that mold. Um, and for me, the more I'm being me, the more others are willing to be themselves. So, you know, if we could all just know the possibility of something different existing, I think that's the key because it's going to be different for each person what that is. Mm -hmm. But just to know, you know, whatever is working or not working in your life, you can make it better. So optimistic and hopeful. And the other word that comes up is multidimensional. Yeah. I think we often just exhibit one dimension, two dimensions mm -hmm. of who we are. And I once heard somebody say, uh, something about the bliss point and there's that bliss point when you're creating food that's salty and sweet at the same time like kettle corn where mm. it has that that specific balance of salty and sweet that makes it really delicious and you can't stop eating it and I think when when we can bring the salty the sweet the you know the tough the the goddess the the dancer the the artist all together yeah and be unapologetic yeah <laughs> that is an inspiration to other people this concept of being you seems so rare <laughs> yeah but it's actually one of one of the facets of every part of your life you know when you're willing to be you everything starts to work towards whatever you're desiring versus against you. So yeah, if I could just share anything with anyone, oh, people as your listeners is like, it's not an overnight transformation, but if you're willing every day just to ask, hey, am I being me? And if I'm not, well, you can ask who am I being, but that's not the important part. If I was being me, what else would I choose? I like that. Yeah. And maybe 10% more you every day. Yes. <laughs> I love the 10%. <laughs> I love the 10% account. It's one of my favorites. We're actually creating an app. It's going to be out in the next three weeks. Ooh. And it is called the Honoring Me account. And it's going to be available at Apple and um, Droid phones so that you'll be able to actually um, download the app and join in on honoring you account. Oh, I love that. So <laughs> if you give me information, I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. And how else can our listeners get in touch with you, Lally? You can get a hold of me. We have our website, bellapemo.com. It's B-E-L-A-P-E-M-O.com. And you can email us at info at bellapemo.com. And I also have a business called globalwellnessforall.com. And um, info at globalwellnessforall.com. And both have social media, so you can contact us there. And I've got lots of resources. And I wanted to actually share one other resource with your listeners. I created these um, little two to four minute podcasts called Grow Your Business Bites. And it's available in nine languages. And it's just that every week you get this in your inbox and it's there to assist you in growing your business in little bite sizes. So if that might be fun for them, we can also give them the link, which is grow your business. I'm sorry, it's um, bellapimo.com slash podcast. That's so cool. And people like little bites today. <laughs> We're living in a little bite society. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lale, for coming on, for really being the consummate woman of value, living, living your true authentic life and inspiring others to do the same. Thank you for putting this show together. I'm so grateful. This is so required in the world. So thank you for empowering all the people you're empowering around the world. If you would like to step more fully into your value, grab a free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value on my website, thewomanofvalue.com. Just click the link at the top of the homepage. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the subscribe button in your listening app. 
And if there's something in this episode that inspired you, please share it with others. Because the more we share these inspirational stories, the more women of value we will have in this world. I'll see you next time.